So, most of you, including myself, probably walked out of last week's service and just went, holy moly, that is so awesome, but what the heck? (laughs) Because it was about eight weeks of teaching in an hour, and it was so needed because we need to realize how big this thing is. For me, the biggest thing that I came away with last week was going, I need that. Not all of it made sense to me. There was so much, and it was like almost overwhelming, but I walked away from it hungry to, to live in that. Everybody, some of you may have been completely confused, but I'm sure most of us came away feeling that. And so um, today, I kind of just want to lay a a firm foundation for every single one of us as we go on this series, as we go on this journey of learning what it means to be spiritual people. Um, So I'm going to go back to the basics with us this morning. I'm going to give you two handles that you can take into the week and start to really build a solid foundation in your own life so that as we get the stuff that we're going through over the next weeks, we start to grow and we're not just getting confused. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I, I really want you to, to grab a hold of these two things today um, and let in the week, just chew on them. Let them build a foundation so that when you come next Sunday, you're ready to go to another level. Awesome. So should we just pray real quick? Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. You're here with me. We've had an amazing time encountering you and worshiping you. Father, I just I yield and I surrender to you right now and I ask you to come and take complete control of my vessel, of my tongue. I just want to be a mouthpiece. I just want to share what you want to share this morning, and so I ask that you would come and do that. Come and speak through me. I just quieten my soul right now, and I just yield to your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come and speak to every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you want to quickly turn to John 3, 16? Most of the people that know me are thinking, here comes a salvation message. (laughs) Let's turn to John 3, 16. Cool. Everybody there? Awesome. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. How many people have heard this scripture before? Right. Isn't it interesting, and I need to move on from this quick, but I just want to throw something out that's going to set up the foundation. Isn't it interesting that when we see that uh, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life, the first thing we think about is hell and heaven. I don't know about you, but every time I've read that, I've always thought about eternity. I I don't want to perish. I don't want to be in hell. I want to have eternal life and be in heaven. That's how I've always read this scripture. Other day I was reading this and God said to me, do you know that you can perish while you're here on the earth? Do you know that you're living an eternal life while you're here on the earth? You have eternal life? So why should this not affect my day-to-day life? So suddenly I started to realize that actually we've got people, and I include Christians. My dad spoke about the spiritual believer and the carnal believer last week. Carnal believers and, and, and fleshly Christians and people that are living in a soul realm are perishing every single day. How do I know that? Because you're stressed out, you're freaking out, situations are defining you, you're struggling with whatever life throws at you, things just get really tough. And you find yourself going up and down and up and down and you have good days, bad days, good days, bad days. It's called perishing. And so God hit me with the scripture and he said eternal life needs to affect your day to day. So... Do you realize that our inheritance in God is eternal? Do you understand that? Our inheritance in God is eternal. It's not just for while you're alive here on the earth. Your inheritance is eternal. So guess what? If it's eternal, it means it's spiritual. 
So every single believer, every single one of you right now sitting in this room, every believer has an inheritance in God, the same one, it's been given to you. But only the spiritual believer will ever experience it. Why, because it's spiritual. We're talking about an eternal inheritance. Most of us will, will talk about inheritance and the first thought is um, wealth here, material wealth, money, finances, houses, cars. Um, and I'm not saying that God can't give you those things. Those, those are for me, those are, that's a byproduct, it's a fruit of your spiritual inheritance. It's just something that I walk in. But it's so small in comparison to the majesty of walking with Jesus and seeing what he's got for me in the spirit and having the intimacy and the relationship, that's what I'm after. So when I talk about inheritance this morning, I'm not talking about material wealth, I'm not talking about things, I'm talking about a spiritual, eternal inheritance in the kingdom, which every single one of you this morning sitting here have. The biggest thing is that most of us never actually experience this in our day-to-day -day life because we're living carnally. We're letting our souls dominate our thoughts. Our soul dominates, it leads us. It's so so our, our mind leads us and, and, and we're, we're affected by feelings and, and situations and things come and sway us and, and suddenly you find your spirit man's whispering something and you can feel God's trying to almost get your attention but there's just so much, so many voices. I, I don't know, we were talking on Friday, a lot of our young people, we chat and we say, you know, sometimes it just feels like it's really hard to hear God. Anybody been there? Have you ever thought Why? Because we, we feed our soul with so much stuff that suddenly you have so many voices in your head that Holy Spirit's whispering, He's talking to you all the time and we just can't hear Him. He's never stopped speaking, He's never stopped directing us, He's never stopped leading us, we're just not hearing Him because we don't, we don't understand what it means to be spiritual. So today, what I want to talk about is why we should live as a spiritual people. I need you to know before we get into anything else that you have an inheritance in God and the only way that you're gonna walk in that, the only way that you're gonna experience that is by being a spiritual person. A carnal believer strives to understand God. My dad shared this last week, I love this. A carnal believer strives to understand God and our new inheritance. A spiritual believer positions their lives to receive and experience God and our inheritance so that it can be fully displayed through our daily lives. I've realized something. When I try and understand something before I've experienced it, generally all I do is understand it and never experience it. I'm talking about, I'm talking about my walk with Jesus here. Sometimes I try to understand something before I've experienced it, and what I find is that the experience never comes, and I'm left just understanding something that I've never walked. I've, I've realized in God that he seems to like to do things the opposite way around. <laughs> Have you noticed that? He seems to like to do things totally opposite to the way the world does it. So what he does is he says, I actually want you to just position yourself in a place of surrender and just experience me without even having to understand what you're experiencing. And from that place of experience, he brings understanding. So when you read in Proverbs, he says, and all you're getting, get understanding. That's after experiencing him. Because it makes sense when I've experienced it. But it doesn't make sense when I understand something and I'm looking and I'm going, I'm not seeing the experience in my life. It doesn't make sense even though I get it. Majority of Christians are finding ourselves in that place. So how do we become a spiritual believer and walk in the Spirit? Two handles that I feel honestly are a firm foundation for life in the Spirit. So get out your notebooks, get ready to write these things down. You will have heard them before, but they're so powerful. Number one, seeing God for who He is. God's been speaking to me about this for a while. I've realized that we are so good at looking at ourselves first and then seeing the disconnect between where we're at and who He is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
we often look at ourselves before we actually see him for who he is. And that's when frustration comes because we look at ourselves and we go, okay, that looks like a mess. He looks pretty good, but I've seen the mess before I've seen him. And so now I feel this far disconnect between the two of us. And now it's like this striving journey of trying to get myself back to that. Is this making sense? So number one, the foundation of your spiritual life is seeing him for who he is. When you have your time with Jesus, this has been a practical tool that has honestly changed my time with the Lord. The first thing I do when spending time with Jesus is just start to see him for who he is. I remind myself, I speak to my soul and I say, do you know how good he is? Do you realize who this God that you love and know is? I was preparing this and I kind of had a couple notes down and then I realized, hang on a second, let's get real practical. I'm not sure if people actually know how he wants to be seen. Because you might have a perspective of God that's totally anti who he is. So it is so vital that you know how he wants you to see him. Otherwise, you're going to see him through a lens that's fleshly. So I want to talk about how we should see him. Your perspective of God directly affects the manner in which you relate with him. Your perspective of God, the way that you see God, directly affects the manner in which you relate to him. Let me give you an example. If you see God as someone who can potentially be disappointed in you, or God who is he's insecure, you can actually let God down, or maybe he's angry, or he's frustrated with you because you're frustrated with yourself. If that's the way that you see God, then you, it directly affects the way in which you relate to him. So suddenly you come with a little bit of shame. When you come to meet with God, you're on the back foot because you're actually not quite sure how he's going to respond to you. And it's because of the lens through which you're seeing him. So how does God want us to see him? I went to my dad and I asked him this question to get his perspective. And I love his response was straightforward. He just said, as a father. And I started to just unpack that again. And I was going, okay, how does God want to see, how does God want us to see him as a father? How does Jesus want us to see him? He wants us to see him as loving, as merciful, as gracious, as lavish, constant and consistent, forgiving and empowering father, powerful, strong, mighty, and my favorite one, all sufficient. He wants you to look at him and realize that there is nothing else that you need outside of him. When you look at him, nothing else matters. Are you hearing me? The way that you see God is gonna affect the way that you hear him. So it is so vital that when you look at him, you see him for who he is, based on truth, based on a firm foundation of the gospel. It has to become your lens. You guys okay? I'm going back to the basics, but let's build on this. This is brilliant. He is always right there, always pouring out his love and mercy over us, always desiring to be with us. He constantly showers us with the glory of heaven and his perfect love cascades over us 24-7, 365. It never changes. When you get a revelation of the, the constant, um, consistent nature of God, he never changes. You change, he doesn't. That's the most freeing thing because all you gotta do is turn your head. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to read it in the ESV, and then I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. This right here is how Jesus wants to be seen, right? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation. I love the way that Brian Simmons has worded some of this stuff. Okay, listen to this. If you don't have a Passion Translation Bible, listen to what I'm about to read to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 in the Passion Translation. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Don't you love that wording? So listen to this, this first line. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus. We must see the finished work when we see Jesus. He has complete confidence in you because of the finished work that he accomplished. You might look at yourself and not have any confidence in yourself. You might know that every day I wake up and I should be spending time with him and I just don't. And I have no confidence in myself to get myself to that place. Guess what? Your confidence means nothing. He has complete confidence in you because of the finished work that he accomplished. Are you hearing me? We have, make sure, before we move to the second handle, this is so vital. This week as you're spending time with Jesus, make sure that when you see him, you're seeing a finished work. You're seeing that nothing else needs to be added to what he's accomplished. Nothing else needs to be added. He's, he's finished it. It's done. Everything that you need is in him. So when you see him, you see the perfection of his blood, which has been poured out and lavished on you. Does this make sense? Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 says this, Therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. He has an internal, eternal inherit, inheritance for you, and the only way to walk in that is by the Spirit. Let's move to number two. Seeing ourselves the way that he sees us. Here's the thing. You will never see through his lenses until you've seen him for who he is. You will never see yourself the way that he sees you until you've seen him for who he is. Number one is so important before you get to number two. Make sure that you've built that one. But the second one is that we need to see ourselves the way that he sees us. So here's what I do when I'm spending time with Jesus. I position myself in a place to see him for who he is. I start to declare how amazing he is and I'm asking Holy Spirit to illuminate truth inside of me, to show me who he is and every day I'm getting fresh revelation on that. And then as I start to see him for who he is, suddenly just by nature because it's, it's who he is, he begins to show me how he sees me. And guess what happens when that happens? I, I'm seeing him, he's seeing me, he's revealing the way that he looks at me and suddenly we become one. Not just in position, in reality. Now, right in that moment, I am in oneness with him because I'm seeing him for who he is. He's showing me the way that he sees me and I'm looking at myself and I'm going, I was born for this. And I realize that I'm actually a spiritual person. I was born to live in the spirit. I am not a carnal being. But we never get to that point because we never do these two things. We don't have this foundation in our lives. You have to live in this place and realize that this is the foundation of your Christian walk. When you begin to see him for who he is and you begin to see yourself the way that he sees you, you find yourself in a place of oneness. And what does it do? You start to hear the Holy Spirit. You start to hear him leading you and guiding you and, and telling you what not to do and what to do and how to plan your day. And suddenly you're doing life with Holy Spirit, not just waiting for him to intervene. 
Now he's a part of your every moment because you've become one with him. And if you will position your lives in this place, it's such a powerful uh, opportunity and, and a powerful foundation to launch a spiritual man from. So how does God see us? Colossians 1 verse 22. I'm not gonna read the whole scripture, but in Colossians 1 verse 22, he says, holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. He presents you holy, blameless, and above reproach. I've heard that so many times, and every time I hear it, it messes me up because I know me. I know me outside of Jesus. I'm like, the fact that he takes me and presents me holy, blameless, above reproach, that's the way that he sees me all the time. It never changes. It never kind of, uh, it's never like a little bit or, or more. Or, or, there's, no, there's no change. It's just constant. He looks at you and that's the way he sees you. Even in the midst of your darkest hour, he looks at you and that's what he sees. Do you realize that every moment of every single day, even when you're failing, <laughs> even when you might in your own strength be, be uh, missing it and, and trying to, you know, you're living for things that are not in the spirit. He still looks at you and sees the exact same thing. Do you know what the beauty of that is? Is that I can't be frustrated with myself because this doesn't matter. Mm. Ephesians 4, um, verse 22 and 23, but specifically verse 24. I'm just giving you scriptures to go and read. It talks about putting on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you know that regardless on whether you put on the new self or not, he still sees you through the lenses of the new self? <laughs> you put it on because you wanna walk in a daily experience of it. But he looks at you through that new self. He looks at you through a new identity no matter what. You can give your life to Jesus and believe in him Careful how I say this because I'm not even sure if I believe this. <laughs> you can give your life to Jesus and maybe not even walk in the Spirit, and He still looks at you and sees the same thing. Now, I believe that if you know, understand what it means to give your life to Jesus, there's a desire in you to want to walk in the Spirit. And so you will go on a journey in terms of w walking in the Spirit. You shouldn't not want to. That would be a problem. But do, are you hearing what I'm saying? No matter what you do, that's the way that He sees you. Is that clear? <clears throat> Let's go to um, Galatians chapter four. Hmm. Galatians chapter four, verse four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. It's in your Bible. So here's the thing. God looks at you and he sees a son in which he wants to have the kind of relationship with which you call him Abba, Father. See, you might, you might have experienced or had an experience with a bad relationship or a bad experience with your dad or whatever, and so you might struggle with this whole concept, but this is how God wants to have a relationship with you. He's saying, I know that you're probably not confident enough in yourself to come and say, Abba, Father, so guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put Holy Spirit inside of you so that he cries out on your behalf. Guess what? Your confidence in yourself doesn't matter again. Even when you feel like you can't come forward and say, Abba, Father, and come with that kind of freedom and openness and vulnerability, he's saying, don't worry about it. I've put Holy Spirit inside of you who's become one with you so that I can do it on your behalf so that we can still have intimacy even when you're afraid. 
And when you find yourself in that place, he rips the fear out of you. He rips the no out of you. And you find yourself in a place of, of surrender where you're able to say yes, not on your own efforts and your own works, but because Holy Spirit inside of you is screaming yes on your behalf. And you've yielded to him and you've surrendered to him and you've found yourself living the spiritual life because you see him for who he is and you see yourself the way that he sees you. Come on. It's real simple. You can't take last week and go, oh, I don't think I can do this. You can do this. Every single one of you, you were born for this. This is what you were created for. You were created to live in the spirit. You were not created for the flesh. That's why it sucks out there. And don't you think we, we've, got, we've become so stupid in that we just constantly fill our lives with stuff that always disappoints? See, the devil's real clever. He's like a microwave. Seriously, he's like a microwave because he gives you what you want that lasts for a moment. So why are we playing in an arena that we know is fake? Majority of us here in this church have been here long enough to know that that is absolute trash. And yet we are spending all our energy and our time and we're prioritizing things that we know are fallen, that we know are not gonna last for eternity when God's called us to be a spiritual people that are affecting nations and regions and communities and transforming lives and becoming the hands and feet of God. And we look like a community of spiritual people where the world looks at them and freaks out and goes, wow, that is amazing. What is that? I, I don't just join. I'm kind of like, whoa, that is, it's scary. It's Beautifully scary. <clears throat> so what happens when we see God for who he is and we see ourselves the way that God sees us? We begin to experience oneness with God and we start to allow Holy Spirit to speak. This is the foundation for life in the Spirit. If you build these foundations strong in your life this week, friends, then the teachings over the following weeks will truly change your life and produce growth in you that manifests heaven in your daily life. I promise you, Beloved, I promise you, the bride of Christ, friends and family, if you will allow yourself to position your life in these two simple truths that can build this foundation for you, the following weeks are going to change your life like you have never experienced before. If you come here over the next couple of weeks and you find this stuff intimidating and scary and overwhelming, it's probably because you've missed this foundation. Let, let truth challenge you, man. If truth is not challenging you, you're not changing. If you take these two foundations and, and build this this week, you're about to see God do something amazing in your life and in this community. So I felt, I felt like Holy Spirit was doing something this week and, and today is just kind of such an opportunity to go there. Um, Courtney had this encounter and I'll just kind of give you the rough picture of what it was. She had this encounter with the Lord where he reminded her in a time of worship that He's right there. That despite the fact that you might not see him, that you might not feel him, that uh, you might feel far or disconnected, he's right there. And he's holding your face and he's looking into your eyes. And he's waiting for you to turn your gaze. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter what you're going through, the only thing that he's asking of you is to turn your head. Turn your gaze. Look into the eyes of love that haven't moved, that are con constant and consistent and have never changed. The eyes of love that are looking at you and are lavishing all of heaven on you every moment of every single day. 
the eyes of love that have planned and purposed encounters and experiences for you to walk in and, and live in every single day. All he's asking you to do this morning is to turn your head. I want to go back to that Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus. Here's what I believe Holy Spirit's leading every single one of us here to do this morning. I believe that he's saying, would you look away from the natural realm? Would you take your eyes off the things that don't matter, that don't count for eternity? And would you fix, would you fasten your gaze onto Jesus? The one who has birthed faith within you and who will lead you into faith's perfection. Did you hear what I just said? He birthed faith within you. He birthed it. You did nothing. He birthed it within you and then guess what? He's not asking you now to go and finish the job. He says, I'll finish it for you. I will lead you by the hand into faith's perfection. Do you know what faith's perfection is? Your identity in God is perfection. But maybe your daily experience isn't that right now. So guess what he does? He says, all I'm asking you to do is have faith. What is faith? Complete trust, complete dependence, complete reliance, and a complete confidence in his ability and not your own. That is what faith is. He's saying, all you gotta do is basically say, okay, I can't do it, I need you. I believe that you can do it and I can't. You live in that place and he says, I will lead you into faith's perfection. Your identity, the fact that God calls you a son doesn't just have to be a title, friends. It doesn't just have to be a little badge that you like to wear and call yourself part of the Christian club. You can actually live like a son and a daughter every single day. You can carry this. This can be your daily experience. This can be something that you don't even understand yet and walk in. Are you hearing me? I'm asking you this morning to throw away your intellect. Because Jesus says, come like a child. Do you think a child understands everything? Throw away your intellect this morning. Lay down your agendas of trying to understand. And say, God, I want to experience you because I know that you can do what I can't. And as I begin to experience you, you lead me into faith's perfection. And every single day I am growing in stature. I am growing in maturity as a believer and as a son. And I'm starting to see heaven manifest in my life every single day. What does that mean? It means that when the storms come, because you still live in this world, when the storms come, instead of being shaken by them, you manifest heaven in them. And that's what a spiritual person is. What are we talking about when we talk about spiritual people? We're talking about a, a group of, a family of sons and daughters, a body of a spiritual group of people that manifest heaven in the midst of the storm. A group of people that can sleep when people think they're gonna die. Who can stand up and speak to a storm and silence the storm. Who can take the reality of heavens and make them manifest on the earth. Why? Because I go back to what I said in the beginning. God has given you all that is his. And if God has given you everything that is his, why would you not want to walk in it? It's your inheritance. It's an eternal inheritance. And whether I get material wealth or not, this is who I am. This is what I live for. I can't be shaken. So I want to remind you of just those two handles. Just to... Again, it's real simple this week. Just take those two handles and, and build on them just from Monday through, all the way through to next week. Make sure that in your time with him, you're seeing him for who he is. And as you begin to see him for who he is, allow him to reveal to you the way that he sees you. And you'll find yourself in a place of oneness that's gonna change your day-to-day -day experience. Is that okay? So I wanna give God some time to actually um, 